Hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. My name's Marion Rose, PhD, and I'm so delighted to be here again. I really want to come in and talk about feelings and unconditional love and how that's related to sleep. Well, you might think, what has that got to do with sleep? But it has everything to do with sleep. So I got inspired to share this because I was watching on Instagram today a story of a little girl who was just five years old and she was snowboarding and her parents had mic'd her up so that they could hear what she was saying while she was going down the slope. And oh my gosh, I felt so touched and so moved hearing her in a dialogue. And at one point she said, this is the best day of my life. She's going down this slope and I could hear her absolute delight and wonder and joy and ecstasy. And I reconnect with that now as I'm sharing about it with you. And I wonder if you can hear that in my voice. And I also deeply connected in with my own experience. Skiing for me is one of the ways that helps me deeply connect with joy and wonder and absolute, ah, just like the, I find it hard to even find the exact feeling word for it. I keep coming up with the exuberance. That's not quite a feeling word, but that absolute just joy and wonder of being alive. And also when I was a teenager, I used to love ice skating as well. And that was another way that helped me connect with those feelings. And in more recent years, it's been things like rollerblading and swimming and dancing and things like that. I wonder what helps you connect with that kind of joy. And I actually don't know if there's a feeling word that really describes that feeling for me. I'm going to go and have a look. I remember when I first started learning feeling and needs words from Nonviolent Communication, NBC, there is a list of feelings and a list of needs you can find at nbc.org. And I printed them out. This was 21 years ago and I laminated them and I had them on my countertop for the first couple of years that I was learning MVC and I would just so often go, okay, what's the word that describes this feeling in my body? And I'm going to go back and have a look and see if there's one that really describes this feeling that I'm wanting to describe. Anyway, I know how I feel in my body. I imagine you might resonate with that too. So let's think about aware parenting. And I know with aware parenting, so often the focus appears to be on crying and raging, listening to feelings. And I really understand why that that is. But really aware parenting, that's only one of the parts of aware parenting. And I think it's given that big focus because it often is so different from what we see in this culture. But aware parenting is also about attachment play. It's about play and laughter. That's one of the ways that babies and children heal from stress and trauma and understand their world and feel and express their feelings and make sense of things and prepare for things. It's a deeply healing thing to play and to laugh. And it's really part of this innate healing and relaxation response that babies and children and adults have so that they laugh and they play and they release feelings they express and feel feelings through that laughter and through that play and they feel more relaxed as a result 
And what I love that that reflects that for us as human beings, it is so normal and natural for all of us, including babies and children, to have this whole spectrum of feelings, to feel everything from delight and wonder and ecstasy and joy and also overwhelm and frustration and anger and outrage, grief and mourning and sadness and fear and terror. And that's even just the broad range because in between all of those are these beautiful nuances of all the different feelings that is so normal and natural for all of us as human beings to have this full range of feelings. But in this culture, which I call the disconnected domination culture, often there's this very small band of what is seen as acceptable. And for every family and for every culture and for every era, that varies. It's different. So in some families, joy might be really welcomed. But sadness is not. And in another family, it might be anger that's really welcomed. And sadness isn't. And if you think of the kind of stereotypes of different cultures, and some of the stereotypes might be, for example, the Mediterranean countries are often seen as much more about this kind of effusive, like big kind of expression of, of certain feelings. If you can hear little snorting noises and moving I've got a little puppy on my lap hello lovely sweetheart <laughs> she's not very comfortable so I'm just going to help her feel more comfortable so there are all these kinds of different conditionings that we have so when we come into the world as babies what happens is that we have these emotions and if you think about the word emotions it's all that movement emotions the feelings are designed to move. We're designed to feel them. They're designed to move through our bodies. In other words, for them to be expressed, to move out through that expression. But because each culture and each family and each era has certain beliefs about feelings, that has a really profound impact on us, a deep effect on us when we come into the world as babies. Because babies are in such a deeply aware way being affected by everything they experience and this is something I really learnt in my background so when I was doing my PhD I was observing babies that was part of my research and also I was a, a postdoctoral research fellow after that and again I was observing babies and what I learned from that is not only they come into the world with a whole lot of awareness and understanding but also they are learning right from day dot and of course also in utero based on how we are and how we respond to them and what that means is in particular what we're talking about here is how we respond to their different feelings they are really observing on that really nuanced level like how our responses are to them and they are learning how to be in the world, in this culture, in this family, based on our responses. That really depends then on how we are, how we feel when we see them feeling particular feelings. So, for example, say a baby is feeling frustrated and they're starting to make frustrated noises. And perhaps we have never, ever had our frustration welcomed. 
we might see that frustration in our baby and we might then feel really uncomfortable because our own frustration starts to bubble up. And we haven't had that mirrored. We haven't had someone be present with us whilst we felt frustrated. So we might find it really hard to stay present in our bodies. When we see them feeling that feeling and expressing that feeling, we might go into dissociation. We might basically want us to stop ourselves feeling the feelings that are uncomfortable for us because we haven't experienced someone being present with our own frustration. So we might want to stop our baby from feeling frustrated as soon as possible. And of course, in aware parenting, it is a form of attachment style parenting. So of course, the frustration might be indicating an unmet need. So of course, it's all about making sure their needs are met. So of course, if they're frustrated because, um, I don't know, whatever it is, if we can support them in meeting their needs so that they're not going to be frustrated, that's going to help them. But then frustration is also part of every developmental stage. It's part of kind of what drives that development. So for example, if a baby's trying to crawl and they feel frustrated, some of that frustration is part of that, like, you know, I really want to be able to do this. And it's part of that kind of impetus towards competence. And is really normal and natural for all babies and children to feel frustrated at particular ages when they are going through these developmental leaps. And in actual fact, that is often when babies have more feelings at those times. And if they're not getting to express those feelings fully, they have more feelings sitting in their bodies. And that's often leads to them waking up more often to try to express those feelings. And that's often in a way parenting what in other paradigms might be called sleep regressions because actually those uh, feelings are sitting in their bodies we don't have the term sleep regressions in aware parenting because we see it from this different perspective anyway it's a little bit of an aside but not an aside really because this is <laughs> we're talking about this, this in the context of sleep feelings and unconditional love in relation to sleep so let's go back to frustration our children can help us basically connect with our unexpressed feelings, which is why I talk so often about how important it is for us to get to have our own support for our own feelings, because we're often reclaiming our feelings. We're often getting these opportunities to feel feelings that we didn't get to feel and express when we were babies and children. And there are often two layers of this to there. So there's the fact that we've perhaps never had someone be present with us when we felt frustrated and just say, you know, I'm right here with you, sweetheart. I see that you're frustrated and they feel relaxed in their bodies. They're giving us that mirroring and that we get the sense of, oh, frustration is, you know, I'm loved when I'm frustrated. I'm safe when I'm frustrated. I get to express this frustration. I get to feel it and it moves through my body and it comes out the other side and then I feel relaxed again. So that's what we're giving babies and children the experience of, feeling it, it moving, emotion, and it comes out the other side and they feel more relaxed. So they know, oh my gosh, when I feel this feeling, it's not going to go on forever, which I think can often come up for us as adults if we weren't heard as babies and children. If they are crying or raging in this particular case, we might have the sense of this is just going to go on forever because we never had that embodied experience of I feel this frustration, I'm with it and I'm expressing it and I express it 
and it leaves my body and then I feel calm and relaxed and present and oh my gosh I can see more clearly all of those things so there's that layer but also that sense of all the unexpressed frustration sitting in our bodies that is sitting in there in the form of often tension and stress and so also our babies and children when they feel frustrated in this example they're going to help us connect with that unexpressed frustration and then that might start showing up in not so helpful ways because we didn't get to express it in healthy ways and we're still not getting to express it in healthy ways so it's desperately trying to be expressed and that's how often we might end up responding to a baby or child or others in ways that we really don't want to. So it's not only the case with frustration, but sadness, all the different feelings, delight, wonder. If we are not comfortable with those feelings in our bodies, when we see our baby or child feel them, we're often going to want to stop them feeling that feeling. Not only to meet their needs, not only for compassion, but also actually to help ourselves not feel the discomfort that they are helping us connect with. So I invite you to connect in with yourself. If you think about frustration or sadness or wonder or delight or joy or grief or overwhelm or fear or terror, there might be particular feelings that you feel more comfortable with in yourself. So you might feel really comfortable with sadness and crying or you might feel really comfortable with joy and delight or you might feel comfortable with rage and frustration. And I wonder if you see a correlation between that and when your baby or child feels and expresses those feelings. Do you notice that those feelings that you're comfortable with in yourself, that you can be present in your body with them whilst they're feeling and expressing those feelings? You can welcome those feelings with them. You can be with them. So really the invitation in Aware Parenting is for those two levels, for us to receive support in those two levels for number one for us to have people to be present with us in whatever those feelings are so that when we're feeling frustrated for example that we have someone who is comfortable in their body with frustration so that they can be deeply present with us when we feel frustrated and we get that sense we get the sense of oh my gosh I'm feeling frustrated and this person is clearly re- relaxed and present and I can still see them. Wow, they're here and they're, they're listening and they look calm and ah, they're saying these loving things. Oh my gosh, my frustration is welcome. So we can increasingly internalize that, the sense of ah, I feel frustration in my body. I can express it in healthy ways. I'm still safe. I'm still loved. I'm still welcomed. And... On that deep level as well, we also get to express that unexpressed frustration, that unexpressed rage from our bodies. We get to express it and release it again in healthy ways so that we feel more relaxed. And we also have again that embodied experience of I express these feelings and I come out the other side feeling ah, relieved and present and calm and my muscles feel more, more relaxed and I sleep more peacefully that night. And so this is often a parallel journey that we go on because often, you know, we might notice our child's feeling frustrated. We feel uncomfortable with it. We want to stop that frustration straight away or sadness or whatever it is. And we might see, oh, my gosh, this is helping me connect with my own discomfort with frustration. So this parallel journey of becoming more comfortable in ourselves 
with that feeling, often with the support of someone else, and thus also being more and more comfortable with being present with those feelings in our baby or child. And of course, you know, things like frustration. I give an example here. You know, my son, for the first couple of years, we had like little soft completely flexible shoes and as he got older back in those days it, uh, he's 16 it was harder to find what's now called barefoot shoes so we'd go and try more regular shoes on in shops and he just would feel frustrated and we'd just say no I don't want to wear those they're uncomfortable and I remember often feeling quite frustrated myself I was like but I just wanted to wear some shoes and he helped me really understand mainstream shoes and how they're not actually designed for human feet and so of course when they feel feelings like frustration it can also be inviting us to see that they are indicating an unmet need here and they might be inviting us to see things in different ways and actually change our beliefs about things like my son did with shoes so of course feelings do indicate unmet needs and feelings also are part of the healing and relaxation response. So again, part of this this feelings journey is being able to differentiate between the two and exploring each time, of course, is this an unmet need? Are they actually saying, like in this particular case, my son was saying, these shoes aren't comfortable because they're actually not designed for human feet, (laughs) rather than me saying, oh, you know, you just need to cry more and squeeze your feet into those shoes and I'll just listen to your feelings about that. No. (laughs) Over time, we get more and more comfortable with a wider range of our feelings and we get more and more comfortable with a wider range of their feelings as well. Their frustration, their excitement, their joy, their wonder... I imagine you've perhaps seen your baby or a baby look at the hand and be like looking at this in this wonder as they're perhaps learning how to have a little bit more agency over their movement or they've uh, stood up for the first time and you see that, um, you know, that delight of like, oh my gosh, look, look. And what I love about aware parenting too is really meeting them in an attuned way with whatever they're feeling. So when we see that look of wonder, we might meet them with that, yeah, you know, that wonder too. Like, yes, yeah. Part of that empathic attunement is knowing that in ourselves, knowing like, oh, yes, I know how wonder feels. I know how I feel in my body when I feel wonder and be able to meet them with that. Or if they have stood up for the first time because aware parenting is non-punitive, that also means no rewards as well as no punishments, rather than, oh, good job or good girl or, you know, all of that kind of response. No, we can meet them with, oh, you did it. Or, you know, if they've done a painting, they're really excited. Yay, look at your painting rather than good boy. It's like responding in that an attuned way, meeting them with a similar quality of feelings that they're feeling. If they're feeling frustrated, we might say that too. Oh, I really hear how frustrated you're feeling. I really remember my own journey with frustration. In fact, this is where the Marian method first came in, the, the inner loving mother and inner loving father, because what I was observing as I was creating my Love Being a Mother course, my first online course, eight and a half, nine, coming up to eight and a half years ago. Anyway, it's one of those things. Was it last September or last? No, anyway. What I realized was, even though I was really comfortable back then with big, 
big crying and big raging, frustration. No, I felt uncomfortable. And my son would feel frustrated, say, if he was doing something on the computer. I would feel frustrated and I felt uncomfortable. And then that's actually how I first started. Uh, really, in loving mother and in loving father came to me of like, ah, to be really, really welcomed in my frustration. And what I saw in myself is the more I had that internal experience of my frustration is really welcome. There's nothing wrong with me. All the internal harsh sticks I had that I, le- that I learned to drop, the more comfortable I could be when he felt frustrated and I could meet him with that. So if he was then frustrated with something on the computer, I could say, yeah, really hear how frustrated you are rather than going into my own frustration and responding in a not so enjoyable way. So this has really, really tangible effects on our own parenting, our own capacity to respond in an empathic and attuned way. Similarly, when they're feeling sad, they're maybe having, they're just sad or they're having a big cry. And I really hear you, sweetheart. Yeah, so hear how sad you feel. Now we're going to be responding to each of their feelings in a different way and really from our own embodied understanding of that feeling in ourselves, but our capacity to be lovingly present with ourselves in our bodies with that feeling. And of course, with aware parenting, it's more than just about here and now. Frustration It is also understanding about accumulated feelings and stress and trauma. And so, so often those feelings are big. They can be a big, long, loud crying or raging spells. And, you know, big, big, loud feelings. Again, it's really, really normal and natural for all babies and children to have a lot of big, loud feelings. And so often I hear parents say, oh, yeah, but my child, my child's got really big feelings. And that sense of there's something kind of abnormal or unusual about them, rather than actually as human beings, it is really, really normal and natural for all babies and all children to have really big feelings. That is just part of being a human and as I would say in our culture, it's even more normal to have big feelings as we live in the disconnected domination culture and all the extra stresses that we experience and that babies and children experience. But still, it's a really normal, natural thing. And we are often not used to it in this culture because of this narrow band of acceptability. And I grew up in England where there's a really narrow band of acceptability. You know, be happy, which I'd be really joyful and exuberant. And yeah, be a little bit sad, but not the kind of sad where you're crying and there's snot running out of your nose and there's tears and there's sobbing. No, it's just a little bit of a narrow range. It has a really big effect on us. So... What on earth has this got to do with sleep, you may ask? Well, we're still in the sleep series. The thing is, the more we can be lovingly present with a wide array of a baby and child's feelings, the more they can feel and express and release those feelings from their bodies, emotions, so feelings can move through them and move out of them, so there's less accumulated sitting in there, kind of dammed up in their bodies that they're then needing to tense up in relation to and constrict themselves to be holding in these feelings and if you've done any kind of your own inner work you're probably very familiar with that if you understand things like armoring for example from that kind of work to really understand all the things we need to do on a physiological level to mildly dissociate to repress feelings you know that might be tensing up our jaw or tensing up our shoulders or 
tensing up our thighs or you know all the ways that we need to tense up all the physical literal uh, muscle tension that needs to happen to hold in those feelings that has a huge impact on all areas of our lives for babies and children particularly so the more they're holding in the more tense they are the more they release express well feel express release with our loving presence the more deeply relaxed they're feeling in, in their bodies this affects them in all areas of their lives the more relaxed they are the more present they are i'm sure you've seen this if you're already practicing aware parenting i'm sure you see how more present they are they're more soft and relaxed in their bodies their muscles are more relaxed they mold into hugs more their attention and awareness is more relaxed so they make soft and gentle eye connection they can be present they can be taking in their environment i remember with my children when they're younger would be driving the car and they'd be just seeing all this kind of you know oh did you see that little bird in the tree and you know all of these things they have this relaxed awareness because they're not tense they're they're holding in less feelings so of course none of us is going to be able to listen to 100% of their feelings but the higher the percentage we can listen to the more relaxed they feel in their bodies the more they have this beautiful soft awareness the more present they can be the more they can concentrate the more they're aware of their bodily sensations, so that means they're less likely to trip over or bump into things. They're more aware of other people, so they're less likely to just kind of barge in and hug people without actually feeling into other people. Even at a young age, if they're relatively relaxed because they've had a lot of needs met and a lot of feelings heard, they can be. They're also really pretty attuned to the to the states of others. So it affects every single element of their lives. They can learn more. They can take in information more. Mm, you know, they feel just more and more relaxed. Have you listened to the episode with Kim and Erin where they talked about one of the mothers talking about their baby being melty? <laughs> have you experienced that? That meltiness, that relaxedness, that like, ah, oh, you might have felt after a big cry. Oh, relaxation is so enjoyable. It's so pleasurable because we can feel more. We can we feel the wondrousness. We can see the beauty of the sun shining, the trees. We can take in the, the beauty of the world. That more relaxed look in their face, the more openness. I used to see it in my son in particular. It's almost like this kind of luminescence of the light shining through his face. They're more smiley, they're happier. They're just, you know, all of these things. <laughs> really, really observable differences. And, you know, this is a huge, huge journey, of course. And it can be really big and hard to listen to these feelings, but seeing these powerful effects and, of course, with sleep. Because the more relaxed they are, <sighs> the more higher percentage of feelings they felt, whilst also feeling tired and connected, the easier it is for them to fall asleep, of course, because they're more relaxed. <laughs> the easier for them it is to stay asleep for as long as they need or until they have some other need bubble up, such as hunger, but actually hunger, not feelings bubbling up. They've just simply had enough sleep and they wake up rested and relaxed. Sleep really is an emotional and physical barometer. In aware parenting, it really is a flag for what's going on for babies or children in their feelings, in their bodies. 
And I really want to again remind you, of course, this can be so, so hard, so understandable that this is a huge journey for us as parents, because the way I understand it, looking at the disconnected domination culture and the history of that, it really is thousands of years that feelings and bodies have been seen as inferior, have been maligned, even seen as kind of sinful, as evil, just all of these things. And so really we're still reclaiming the beauty of our feelings and our bodies, the innate wisdom of our feelings and our bodies, to really know that we are feeling beings and that actually this is part of being human <laughs> to feel and the paradox is as babies and children the more we get supported to just have these feelings flow through us naturally we are actually then able to live more in the present because we don't have months weeks months years and then decades of accumulated feelings sitting in our bodies that actually get in the way of us being present and being able to respond to the here and now not based on all of these accumulated feelings that sit in our bodies. So back to sleep and really the beautifulness is that so many parents do come to aware parenting because of sleep because they're doing some other different form of parenting and often they sleep is you know such a key thing isn't it for us as well and if we are not getting sleep and it's really clear that our baby or child is perhaps waking up more and more and more frequently, taking longer to go to sleep, waking up earlier in the morning. But clearly there's something a little bit awry, something that we're not quite seeing. It's one of the key ways that we can see, oh my gosh, actually maybe there's something else here to understand. Maybe there's some other way to respond. However, I'd love to say from my background, I came into aware parenting because I already had how many years again it doesn't really matter how many years how many years was it I gave birth when I was 33 so from 19 so 14 years this background in psychology in psychotherapy I was a psychotherapist I'd specialized in pre and perinatal psychology and developmental psychology I had a PhD as a postdoctoral researcher I was then a um uh what is it called at university it was a teacher what's that called teaching can't even remember the word now. I've been so out of the academic world for so many years. Anyway, basically, I had all that background. I was wanting to find a form of parenting that fitted with all of those things. And aware parenting was it. So I came in to aware parenting because I wanted to help my babies and children to be securely attached. I wanted to help them get to have a limited amount of stress and trauma but whatever they did to get to heal from that I wanted them to feel comfortable with their feelings I wanted them to be deeply connected with who they really were so I came into it that way but then I saw these amazing effects that weren't why I chose to do it I saw that they slept really peacefully and easily and they're also really aware and present and relaxed and they generally were cooperative and they were completely in love with each other gentle just parenting was most of the time such a joy and delight and I you know we did as parents we listened to a lot of feelings so I really saw the the, the effect on sleep but it wasn't why I came in but so many parents do come in via sleep because they want something different they want more restful sleep for them and for the baby or for their toddler for their child and to really know that 
the less stress or trauma are sitting in a baby or child's bodies, the more relaxed they'll feel and that will deeply affect their sleep. And of course, in all this sleep series, I want to say again as a preface that of course I'm always assuming that you're checking out physiologically all the things as we've talked about in previous episodes like the one with Claire Louise about you know their physiology about you know checking out they don't have anything going on with their gut or with allergies or with uh, the effects of wi-fi emfs blue light all the things (laughs) polyester washing powder all of those things that it's important of course to check out their they're not waking up because they've got other physical discomforts, of course. However, once we, if we've attended to all of those, the huge difference that listening to feelings have. And I'm getting so many messages from so many people at the moment. I am loving, loving, loving seeing all the messages, people saying... Um, oh my gosh, I'm playing with my three-year-old when they invite play before sleep and rather than taking three hours, they're now going to sleep really easily and quickly or my baby, I'm listening to my feelings and they're sleeping for longer but also when they're breastfeeding, they're also gazing into my eyes and they're so calm and relaxed or, you know, all these other effects that are happening as well and Sometimes sleep can be a little later on down the track because it's the the most sensitive barometer to feelings and physiology. Sometimes parents will see an effect straight away. It just really depends. Again, every baby's different, every child's different, every family's different. Depends how much stress or trauma they've experienced, how many accumulated feelings they've got, you know, how comfortable we are to listen, you know, how much stress we're in, how much stress and trauma we've experienced, all of those things. But also coming back to feelings one of the things that can happen for them is they get more of a sense of being unconditionally loved and I wonder if this resonates for you when I used to work with parents as a psychotherapist but now then in more recent years as an aware parenting instructor and as a psychospiritual mentor as a Marian method mentor so often the theme I see is people having the sense of not being unconditionally loved even though their parents were doing the utmost they could one of the reasons of not feeling unconditionally loved is because when they felt particular feelings, their parents couldn't be with those particular feelings. And they might have, it might have even been the most gentle things like distracting, but it may have been also more punitive. And then we internalize that, you know, when I'm angry, I'm not loved. There's something wrong with me. I'm sent away. I lose connection. I'm not safe. We make all these interpretations and conclusions based on how our parents respond to us and really it was all about them but of course we don't know that as babies and children we need to make it all about us and core beliefs about our feelings so the more we can feel comfortable with a wider and wider range of our baby or child's feelings the more they can feel this deep sense of being unconditionally loved however they feel So not only when we are able to be with more feelings, we're able to listen to more feelings, wider range, that includes exuberant delight and joy and wonder, but also grief and sadness and frustration and rage and fear, overwhelm. They're going to feel this deep sense of unconditional love because they know that when they're feeling that feeling, they are loved, they're safe, that we're there with them. 
They might be feeling their deepest, deepest sadness and grief and mourning and they know that they're unconditionally loved, that we're right there with them, we're loving them, we're welcoming all of their feelings. And when they're overwhelmed, we're right there with them and we're listening. When they're feeling frustration, outrage, that we are right there with them in the depth of whatever they feel. So basically, the more we can be with, the more they have that sense of every single feeling they feel, as much as we have the capacity, because of our own connection with our bodies and feelings, to be with them, the more they know they're unconditionally loved. And that can deeply inspire us to continue on our own journey of feeling more and more comfortable with those feelings. Because the more they get that sense of whatever I feel, I'm unconditionally loved, that embodied sense of that. And I think that is one of the most amazing gifts that we can give to our babies, our, our children, our tweens, our teens, our adult children, to know that there's nothing wrong with them when they feel sad, or they feel rage, or they feel overwhelmed, or they feel scared, or they feel excited, or they feel joyful, that they're safe that they're loved and that they will come out the other side of those feelings and they will feel relaxed. And as I said, because most of us didn't get that sense of coming out the other side, it's why when they're feeling big feelings, we can feel worried that it's going to go on forever. Of course, that's why we need support, we need help. But they, they get this deeply embodied experience of I feel this deep grief and sadness and I'm crying and my parent and my parents are with me, listening, loving me, and I come out the other side and I feel relieved and relaxed. <sighs> Which is why we need that journey, that experience of feeling those big feelings ourselves with another adult and coming out the other side and feeling relieved and relaxed. Which is why it's so important for us to have an empathy buddy or an aware parenting instructor, or Aletha Salter herself to support us so that we can have more emotional presence. Someone who's been on the journey who can be with you and love you and welcome all of your feelings without any judgment, without any distraction, dissociation, without any shame sticks. And we get more and more and more comfortable. We get more and more relaxed. We get more and more present. We get more and more capacity to let our feelings flow through us, to feel them, to express them, to release them, to flow. So, that all affects sleep deeply and profoundly. Sleep is one of the most sensitive emotional physiological barometers there is. And the sleep series continues. There's a little bit more of it to come. If you're watching this at the beginning of May, sorry, listening, if you're listening to this at the beginning of May, I'm still editing the course, the new course, the 2.0 version and uploading it. I do think it will be ready really soon. But in the meanwhile, if you want to dive in deeper to feelings and to sleep, there are a whole lot of episodes if you haven't listened to the precursors to this one I've written a whole lot of new articles on my website which is marionrose.net if you 
following me on social media or you're not yet and you'd like to be, I'm sharing posts there as well. So you might want to come along to either the Aware Parenting podcast or Aware Parenting or underscore Marion underscore Rose underscore. And come and share, come and ask questions, come and connect. I would love to connect with you. And I do invite you if you want to know when the course is coming out to come and sign up for my newsletter, sign up to my main list, which is on my website, which is marianrose.net. So lots and lots of information about sleep. And I really do invite you, if you haven't got an empathy buddy, I invite you to connect in with one. You can do that on our free Aware Parenting group on Facebook. Face group. That's a new new name for it. Face group. <laughs> And I want to say a really, really big thank you because as I work with parents and continue to work with them, it's 18 years now I've been a aware parenting instructor and I see them being with their baby or child's feelings and you know, what that requires from us to be with those big feelings, those big rages, those big cries. They can be really big and loud and long. Yeah, and it can be so big, particularly when we're, we're newer to it and all our own feelings are bubbling up and we maybe aren't quite so sure because we haven't yet been really um, researching and experimenting with it so long and getting those research results ourselves. If you haven't listened to my recent episode on us being the researchers, I invite you to do that too. So it's it's hard. It can be really, really hard. And I want to say it, it can get much, much easier as we get more comfortable with our feelings as we have that absolute reassurance that them expressing these feelings, it does mean that they are all the things we talked about before, more relaxed, more present, more aware, more melty, more soft eye contact, and that they sleep more, more peacefully, more restfully, more restoratively for longer periods of time. And just everything becomes easier in parenting. And then, of course, it all listening to the big feelings becomes much, much easier too. But I really want to acknowledge you in a culture which still is anti-feelings, the bigness of what you're doing and the huge intergenerational changes that you're making. I really, really, really appreciate you. I acknowledge you. I want to remind you, even if you're just listening to little amounts, that's, that does make a difference. So a big, big, big thank you to you. And... My invitation is, I wonder what feelings might be bubbling up in you and what you might be invited to feel and what support might you need to be able to feel those and express those and release those from your body. And what is your baby or child inviting you to do? And that might be particularly before bed. Is your three-year-old being really rambunctious and inviting big, big play? Or are they asking for a thousand books and they're inviting a loving limit so they can have a big cry? Or are they naturally just moving into really big feelings, big crying at particular times in the evening? What are they inviting you to hear? What are they saying to you, to, to you know, mum, dad or you know, granny, whoever you are in relation to them? Would you be willing to listen to what I've got to say? I really want to express these feelings. I really want to let them out. I really want to sleep more peacefully. I really want to feel more relaxed in my body. And I also want to say I send unconditional love to all of your feelings. I welcome all of your feelings and I really appreciate your presence here. 
I'm sending you so much love and I so look forward to connecting with you again next time.